High interest rates, volatile markets, and recession talks could be standing between you and the retirement you plan for. Some easy adjustments could make all the difference. Coming up on today's show. And now, the truth about money with Bruce Weinstein and Tim Travis. And we call that show The Truth About Money with Bruce Weinstein, who likes to say he's planning for life's what-ifs with his clients, a premier Southwest planning group, and Tim Travis, registered investment advisor and CEO of TNT Capital Management. I'm Jackie Selby, your consumer advocate. Fellows, how is the day treating you? Good weekend to you. Yeah, it's going okay. Thanks, Jackie. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm very well, very well. Thank you. Thanks, Jackie. And... You know, the Diamondbacks won. I know. We're going to the World Series. <laughs> Boy, that sure did wake up some Phoenix sports fans, didn't it? Oh, it's been awesome. It's the coolest thing because we haven't gone since 2001. And I'm, we won the World Series. Right. Now, I'm all about this, but how come it is, Bruce, that uh, we can't get the hockey fans to wake up and give us a stadium? Well, <laughs> you know, I am an avid amateur hockey player I did play this morning in my pickup game and I will tell you that this is the weirdest thing because the people in Tempe that voted on it I don't know if you heard about this they voted on it and they voted it down and they were going to build the arena on a garbage dump which they were cleaning up the environment and they still voted it down I remember when it came to a vote originally when the team was uh, going to appear in Scottsdale at Los Arcos, right? In South Scottsdale, right? Yeah, that the was the best. Me. And Mary Manros was the mayor at that time, and she didn't get it. And that would have been the best because most of the hockey families are not on the west side as much as they are on the east side right. in Mesa and in Scottsdale. And it would have been great for the kids. It would have been great for the fans. It would have been great for everybody. And they keep voting it down. And the NHL wants them to stay here. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. It it would have been a great boon for that part of Scottsdale. You know, it really would have revitalized that part of Scottsdale and made it accessible for for the college students, et cetera. And all the old farts who voted against it, excuse me to anybody (laughs) who's listening, they're no longer even in the neighborhood. It was so long ago. You know what I mean? They passed away and probably didn't have a good plan put together uh, for their money. (laughs) 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 All right. We are going to talk about all the things to do with volatile markets, recession talks, and all the old school rules. Now, I hate to use that word old again because I really don't mean it in the same way as I said old farts. Um, but there are strategies, and I'm I'm wondering if you guys can tell um, the audience and me, how about the 4% rule? Is this still applicable in our unpredictable economy? Well, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take that one, Tim. You know, we use something, it's, it's called the sustainable withdrawal rate. And we use these um, tools that are given to everybody. There isn't uh, one that's different than another one. It's called Monte Carlo simulations. Mm. And we simulate what the highest probability would be in the event that you start pulling out an income stream for the rest of your life. So the 4% rule um, could apply most of the time, normally when you're single and you don't need to leave that money to anybody else. But if you're a married couple, our simulations are telling us that it's going to be less than 4% because when you start making what's called a sustainable withdrawal rate, it has to have the highest probability or something over 90% probability that you won't run out of money. And so 
you got to be really careful. That's one of the things we talk about all the time because, you know, the, the most important thing is not to run out of money. And if you're strictly focused on these 4% rules or the sustainable withdrawal rate, that's still not a lot of money. And, and one of the things that Tim and I do all the time is we, we just bring up a, a dollar amount, like a million dollars, you know, right. you saved all this money in your 401k plan. Now you got a million dollars. Let's just say, you know, 35,000, say you're married and you're, and you're uh, looking at a joint sustainable withdrawal rate. We usually use between three to four. So three and a half percent of a million dollars, only $35,000 a year. I don't even talk about the taxes at that point. And that just seems to be a very low amount. So when you look at the you know, dollars that you're going to be living off of at that point in time, you know, $35,000 today or tomorrow or 20 years from now, it doesn't matter. It's still not a large enough number. And so what are the other things that you can do to plan in order to get maybe a seven to 13% withdrawal rate? And that's what we really, really focus on. It all has to do with strategies, not necessarily a product. And people are so hyper-focused on products yes. versus strategies. And there are several strategies that Tim and I use to make sure that people can get a higher withdrawal rate. Now, this is a good time to get your phone number in there, because if you're hearing something on the radio show so far that you're very interested in, <clears throat> like that percentage point that Bruce just mentioned, please use the number. It's very easy, 800-796-9912 to reach the truth about money. To talk to Bruce or Tim, 800-796-9912, 800-796-9912 to get on their schedule. Sit down. Allow them to have a holistic uh, view of what's going on with your finances, your retirement, and with you, what you want out of your retirement. Great answer. Thank you for that, Bruce. And how about this one? I don't know if Tim wants to take it, but it's the rule of 72, kind of a simplified formula to to measure how compounded interest works. I think this would be a good one for you, Tim. Yeah, it's definitely still applicable. Uh, for example, if your account earns 4%, uh, you divide 72 by four and you're left with 18, which is the rough estimate of how many years it will take to double your money. Uh, so, hmm. you know, you can even simplify it further. Uh, if you say, you know, you're gonna return 10% each year compounded, It'll take roughly seven years to double your money. So it's a good a good rule to keep in mind. I think people could still use that and find value in it. Very good. Um, you're listening to The Truth About Money. Thank you for that answer. We have another one, and I'm sure Bruce is going to expand on this. The magic retirement age at 65, Bruce. I know you've talked about this before on other shows and on the podcast, but this one is going to surprise some people out there because it does surprise me. Because there's no magic number. Am I right? Yeah, there isn't a magic number. There's never a magic number. You know, I think in this particular situation, you know, we're looking at different ages, different years. Um, it, it really is going to depend on your situation as far as not as much money that you've saved, but what is a sustainable, again, going back to the sustainable withdrawal rate. Um, you know, the things that the government did to try to help people with this new Secure Act 2.0. Yeah. Um, and depending on the year which you were born, obviously for those born, well, not obviously, but for those born in 1954 or earlier, your full retirement age from Social Security would be 66. Um, 
And then, you know, once you get older uh, or younger, 1955, then it would be 66 in two months and so forth. So here's the, here's the thing. Um, one of the things we always say is you, you really should wait to your full retirement age or FRA. Full, it's actually called full retirement annuity from Social Security. Okay. And it's pretty darn close to 67 years old. Uh, and that way, your income wouldn't be, or your Social Security benefits wouldn't be reduced by how much income you make. So, for example, if you take money out prior to 67, and let's just say that's your full retirement age or full retirement annuity is age 67, you will not be uh, penalized if you make any sort of income from any other uh, W-2 or or any type of self-employment income. Okay. So that's that's important um, in a sense that you, you don't want to have a reduction of your Social Security income. A lot of people like to wait because there's a guaranteed growth rate at 8%, but this week, again, it's come up um, whereby if the bonds are yielding in, in excess of 6 to 7%, and in some cases, we have creditworthy bonds that are yielding in excess of 8%. Why wouldn't I take my Social Security income and invest it in something that's going to make it grow by the same thing Social Security is going to do? So we, we're living in a very interesting hmm. time right now with high inflation and high interest rates. And that's why you're going to give them our phone number where they need to call us so we can do a social security analysis for them, right, Jackie? <laughs> you bet. It's 800-796-9912, 800-796-9912. Now, that's very interesting. There's other things that you can invest in. Uh, I've heard, and I know we could do a whole show probably on this and a whole segment on this, Bruce, but you talk about um, even using some of your other assets, maybe some um, equity in your home to do a similar type of investment. Or was that Tim who said that? I don't remember. Was that you, Tim? I think we've both touched on that, you know, over time, but but absolutely, it's it's something that, that you can look at. I mean, a lot of people don't want to have a mortgage, for instance, but but I really made an effort to explain to clients and people that I work with that, you know, taking a mortgage when rates are two, three, two or 3% is a no brainer because that those rates were so low historically. Right. And now, as you see, you know, rates have, have escalated to where now mortgages are going for 8%. So having that two and a half percent mortgage and being able to invest at seven or 8%, you're pocketing a, a five and a half four and a half percent spread, just depending on what you're getting there. And it's it's a, a very sensible strategy. And there's a variety of ways you can do that, including, uh, you know, like a, a whole life policy, uh, which Bruce could could elaborate on at some point as well. Oh, great. I like sensible. Here's the phone number to reach out to the truth about money. 800-796-9912. 800-796-9912. When we return, we round out the list of retirement rules and how to protect your nest egg in this or any economy. Details on the other side. The truth about money. Exactly. Thank you so much for spending some time with us on the radio this weekend. Bruce Weinstein and Tim Travis, they're the experts. I'm Jackie Selby, your consumer advocate. But uh, they work together as a team. And both fiduciary offerings, uh, Tim in the investment and numbers division 
and Bruce pretty much in the investment advisory area, and that includes insurance. And so let's talk right. a little bit as uh, I know that you're an expert in this, and I know that you guys work together and bounce off of one another. So let's do some further rounding out of these old-fashioned rules to do with retirement and investing, like the 60-40 stock bond rule, Tim. How are you feeling about that? Anybody still like um, bonds? <laughs> well, I mean, I saw that long-term bonds are down nearly 50% 50, 50 from the highs, which is just wow. unbelievable if you think about it. A lot of people are are invested in in government bonds, and they had those as part of their portfolios. A lot of advisors or uh, kind of retirement funds, they they prescribe, you know, adhering to that 60-40 rule, mm -hmm. and they don't factor in, you know, what's the valuation of the market? What are interest rates? And, and is it worth having that bond or equity exposure? So uh, I really dislike these kind of customized, or these, these rules that are not customized. Right, very broad, Because yeah. I think you have to really look at it from an analytical perspective. Uh, so, you know, three years ago, government bonds were yielding, what, like 1%? And, and you know, there was about $13 trillion invested in bonds that actually had negative yields. So basically, people were paying governments and, and companies uh, to, to take on their debt. It's absolutely a, an unprecedented situation. And so now these bonds have had catastrophic losses but as we as we look at the environment now rates are so much higher yields are so much more attractive that maybe even if you're a younger investor it might make sense a, a solid allocation to bonds because you're really getting equity like returns you know just just today i bought i bought some bonds of companies that are are quite high quality that are yielding double digits. I mean, I mean that's what's out there because there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of forced sellers, that sort of thing. Same thing with equities. You know, uh, there's times when the market just gets out of whack, like 2000. You know, when when the the Nasdaq was trading at unprecedented uh, valuation metrics, and and the Nasdaq went on to lose 80 percent over the following three years. So. I think I think you should overweight towards equities when valuations are cheaper and and if if yields are lower, uh, and if if you're in a situation like today where maybe the ec mar equity market valuations aren't as compelling as bonds, I think you should be flexible and maybe put a little more weight into bonds. And that's really why working with a professional such as Bruce and I can help you because we're digging into those numbers. You know, we're following where is the opportunity, where is the value, right. and then we're right. going to build that portfolio based on your objectives and risk tolerance. So everything's customized, nothing's cookie cutter. Right, and you do put an awful lot of hours onto the screen time and gathering of your information before you take a leap, Tim. Uh, that's what puts you at the front of T and T Capital Management, CEO there, registered investment advisor, and boy, you really do. The research. Well, you have to, you know, uh, but that's what qualifies you to have this kind of discussion. But Jackie, one of the things that we want to make very, very clear, Tim and I, is that, and I've seen this with advisors that have, you know, a half a billion dollars of assets under their management. They're not doing it. They're not valuing 
the bonds and the stocks. They have portfolios mm. and they go to what's called a UMA or an SMA account. Those are some letters that people may have seen on there, which is called a separately managed account where mm. they're utilizing, you know, at Morgan Stanley, some of their, you know, money management uh, programs that advisors just plug right into. We don't do that. Right. We actually sit down and pick and value these companies as a mutual fund manager does. So you're getting very customized, very, very customized uh, uh, investments that we're choosing, including the bonds, instead of throwing it into a mutual fund or an ETF. We're actually utilizing in a lot of situations, not to say that we don't do that, but a lot of situations, what Tim and I will do is value a specific bond and hold it to its maturity and ladder that. So some of the bonds, so say we did a portfolio, I'm thinking of a client that we both recently did together. We picked 10 different bonds that had all different staggered maturities and we gradually invested it. And one of the things that Tim just recently did uh, with one of our clients, um, I believe I brought this client into our firm, is that instead of just jumping right in and doing the ladder, like I'm saying, you know, different staggered maturities holding on to them, he put it into an ETF and waited until he saw the interest rates in different places start to go up. Because what we both know is that interest rates are continually rising. Mm. So instead of jumping into it, we did it on a slow, methodical basis. Are interest, so, are interest rates going to get to 10%, do you think, Bruce, Tim? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I mean, honestly, I, I think, so. I think I we're getting close to a recession. I really do. The, the, last, do the last ball to drop is always unemployment. Uh, so once, once you start seeing uh, unemployment claims increasing, uh, you'll, see, you'll see a deflationary impact on the economy and likely Absolutely. rates will probably head lower faster and, than a lot of people and think. And credit so card defaults. This is Tim. a great time oh. to kind of lock in those yeah. rates. Oh. Yeah, and credit card defaults because we're seeing credit card defaults right. now. That's another sign too. Yes. So even, Tim's right. Even automotive, uh, people are turning back in that uh, big expensive truck or Harley Davidson. I mean, they're reclaim what uh, uh, trying to reclaim 200,000 Harley Davidsons a month. <laughs> Oh, I didn't. I didn't hear about that. Oh, yeah, doesn't surprise me because people can't pay for the darn thing. Well, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I'm getting Jackie. I'm getting a ton of calls right now of where to borrow money, hmm. and so unfortunately, people haven't heard me on the radio for a long time. I used to have a show on another radio station, a local one here in Phoenix, for a long time, and um, so a lot of. A lot of times I was able to set people up in their own banking system through the use of a whole life policy, whereby, you know, right now they're able to borrow against their their money at a rate of uh, some of the companies have a rate of 4.75%. Now, if you think about that, three or four years ago, they're like, oh, well, you know, I can get rates right now, 3%. Right. That's not a great deal. And uh -huh. I used to tell people, well, hold on a second, because you don't know when interest rates are going to go up. And now you've got a loan rate of 4.75%, and that's going to end up looking attractive in the future. And sure as yep. I say it now, <laughs> you know, can you imagine having enough capital and cash? Because I always talk about when I talk about whole life, I don't talk about it as an investment. I talk about it as access to capital and using your own banking, right? 
So you're borrowing against it for yourself so that you can then take that money and use it. Now, Tim and I don't recommend utilizing it to buy a new you know, truck or a new car. However, if you think about it, those rates for new autos are very, very high right now. And so if you could borrow against it and borrow from yourself and you're not taking the money, the insurance company sending you a check and filing a collateral assignment against the account, now you're getting dividends and interest still paid on borrowed funds and you've got this you know, ability to go buy a car and save you know, several hundreds of dollars a month, which then you can pretend, for example, if I'm borrowing at 4.75 and the current rate is 8%, I'm going to treat my loan to myself as an 8% loan and pay myself back sooner. Uh-huh. So yeah, and then, you know, get it back in there. And then, you know, we like to utilize that cash for opportunities and other investments like real estate. But in this situation, no one's no one's making you fill out a form and check your credit. Mm-hmm. Very you clever. Know, you're, it's very clever. Yes, clever indeed. Now, you had used the past tense that you were offering that to. You still are offering that discussion to people, right? Oh, absolutely. I yeah. mean, you just have to get to the situation where there are different types of programs and different types of contracts where it takes time to build up this 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 account, this savings account inside of an insurance policy. However, there are companies that will, you know, allow you to do it a lot quicker. And so there you can get the money in there in a in a in a in a faster mm-hmm. pace than having to do it, you know, which takes a little bit more time. So it's really how you design the contract and the products that are available to design it. The most important thing, if you're talking to your advisor and you, he does these insurance policies, is to make sure that you create it without creating a taxable event when you end up borrowing against the policy to get money out. Because there are rules that the IRS put out there called the seven pay test. So they look at it over seven years and there's a maximum amount you can put in over seven years. If you void that, the contract becomes what's called a modified endowment contract. And thereby you lose your tax preferential treatment on leverage and borrowing against it, whereby the interest would be taxable when you pull it out. No. So yeah, this is exactly why they need to contact you because you have all of the clever answers and all the well-researched answers, especially between the two of you, Tim Travis, Bruce Weinstein, and the number to reach the truth about money, 800-796-9912, 800-796-9912. On the next segment, they are going to turn the tables on to me to see if I know the answers. All right, we're going to talk Social Security coming up next on The Truth About Money. The Truth About Money. Bruce Weinstein from Premier Southwest Planning Group. Tim Travis, registered investment advisor and CEO of T&T Capital Management. Both fiduciary firms. Jackie Selby, your consumer advocate. Oh boy, Scottsdale native. That's the only thing I can say about myself in this discussion. I have not <laughs> I have not claimed social security benefits yet, uh, but I have hung around with these guys. And so I might be able to answer some of these questions. Do you know? We'll see about that. Yes, we'll see. We'll see. Well, and, well, well. And you know, the only good news, the reason why you haven't claimed social security is that means that you're so young that you don't even have the opportunity to 
That is true. I, I'm not. I'm not close to claiming age yet. Well, I'm kind of close, but not exactly close. Oh boy. No. I'm digging a hole here, That's aren't all I? Right. You know what? Either way. All right. So it's I'm, a blessing either way, right? It is. It's a blessing either way. I'm ready for um, right. Social Security benefits quiz. True okay. or false? Who's Who's going to hit me first? Tim, I'm going to ask her this first question and see how <laughs> how much knowledge that our our consumer advocate has. All right. <laughs> so, are you married? I am Jackie? I am widowed. Oh wow. We'll mm -hmm. have to get that. We'll have to talk about that in another show because okay. I like talking about widowed benefits. All right. Now, in most cases, if I take my benefits before full retirement age, FRA, they will be reduced for early filing. True or false? True. Well, that was an easy one. That's just to get you warmed up. Okay. That is true. It is true. That is I'm true. <laughs> and everyone and everyone, you know. 89% of the respondents that we asked that question answered it correctly. But I'm going to give you a tougher one now. Okay. okay? All right. Since you are widowed, which I'm very sorry about That's that. That's okay. If I have a spouse and he or she passes away, I will receive both my full benefit and my deceased spouse's full benefit. No, false. True or false? No, false. You don't get both. Well, that's because you listened to us on the previous shows and I told you already. So you were listening very carefully, even though you're our advocate and you're our host. Oh, my gosh. That's correct. Yeah. No, I Only 68% of people answered that correctly that we've asked in the past. So that was very good. But you're, it's. I wish. No, I, it, you know, with full disclosure, people, I found that a lot of people think that and they think they are owed that. You know what I mean? It's like, why doesn't the system work that way? It just doesn't. Well, yeah. And then that one time I, I told you the death benefit is $200. And when people find that out, it's like they're shocked. And, you know, we have a failing Social Security system. That's why they keep raising the taxes on it. So we can get into that. And we have talked about that in the past, you know. Well, I just, you know, I guess I just wasn't paying attention at the time when they turned the Social Security money into the general fund. And they're like, yeah, we'll just put That's it in right. here. That's when it all That's went right. awry. That's right. That's yeah. Right. Okay. So I'm okay, going to give you. Uh, let's see if we can stump her with this one. Okay. So if I'm yeah, receiving give her a hard benefits. One, Tim. All right. I'm ready. Yes. Uh, so if I'm receiving benefits before my full retirement age and I continue to work, my benefits might be reduced based on how much I make. Before full retirement age? Correct. That's true. True. Right. Good job. Good job. 82% of the people we asked uh, got this correct. So you're you're right on. It's it, that's one of those that goes around the mulberry bush, you know that that one. Oh yeah, if you work, you know they're gonna they're gonna reduce your benefits. So I feel well, like that, we're gonna. That was a given. I'm gonna stump you. Okay, okay, I'm ready. This is gonna be a tough one. All you right. ready? Mm -hmm. And then Tim, you 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 give her the next one. I'll I'll ask her this one. <laughs> All right. Social Security retirement benefits are subject to income tax, just like withdrawals from a traditional individual IRA account. True or false? False. How did you know that? Well, because I've been listening to you for a while. <laughs> it just depends upon <laughs> what, your, false. what your income level is, right? Is how much your... It depends on your income level. 42% of the respondents answered it correctly, which is a very low amount. Yep. So it really depends on, your, on, on how much income you make. Now, I want to say a couple things that are very important for people to understand. Okay. All right? Yep. Income is not that is tax-free, such as things like municipal bonds. 
still counts against taxation of Social Security income. Okay? Really? Oh, devil. Municipal bonds. So people are trying to get themselves into a tax-free situation. There isn't one person oh. that I speak with that are in retirement that want to pay any taxes. Like, I paid taxes my whole life, and now I'm going to pay taxes on my own Social Security. This is this is bullcrap, right? Yes, yes, yes. But, but that's why there are tax preferential investments oh. that you can have it in that don't kind of get it against taxation of Social Security, such as a Roth IRA, right? So such as distributions from cash value life insurance are considered to be tax exempt. Oh, baby. Which don't count as tax. That's correct. Oh. So nobody knows about it. Okay. Now, think about this. You're, you're, you're going into retirement. You did decent planning. You have a bunch of money in your 401k or IRAs now. Um, you're not making as much money or you are making a little bit less. However, you're starting to plan to get into retirement and your income in retirement is going to be less than you were making prior to retirement, right? Okay. In that situation, in this example that we're saying. Okay. Could it be a possibility that in the right situation, by looking at the tax marginal tax brackets, we could potentially create a, what we call a backdoor Roth IRA and pay some of the income taxes maybe over the next four or five years prior to retirement and then convert that IRA systematically without, you know, all up front. And then that income we pull out is all tax-free and doesn't go against taxation of social security. This is why you're going to give us their numbers because if your advisor hasn't gone over that with you right now, that is something that you're going to want to talk to me and Tim about. And there are very specific ways to do that. We get involved with you, your tax advisor, and we look at the different products and we come up with some sort of a plan that is, is very, very, very beneficial to you. Here's That's the, why you're going to give them their number, yes. right, our number right Here's now. Here's the number to do that, to reach the fellows here at The Truth About Money. The number is 800-796-9912. What happens when you use that number? You're going to be contacted and say, hey, what's your schedule? What's your availability? It's very easy, non-confrontational thing. It's 800-796-9912, 800-796-9912, because you do want them looking at this stuff for you. I mean, do people leap over the desk and give you a hug when you tell them that you can? Uh... <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because, and I'm going to let Tim, Tim give you the next question, but, you know, I just got a phone call uh, today from a lady from the show from last week. Great. and. And it was great because she was so sweet and she lives in Sun City, which is a retirement community. And, you know, a lot of people want to ask us questions and sometimes we don't answer. It's a, it, the phone, you know, this was, I was able to be uh, on my phone. So I was able to let the phone call come through oh, good. before they left the message, but mm -hmm. don't hesitate to leave a message. We will call you back. We, I try to call everybody and Tim tries to call everybody immediately. We don't want to bother you. We just want to be able to have a conversation with you. It's a free consultation. Yes. You know, it's worth your time. We're just going to gather information together and see if there's something we can do. Remember, we're both fiduciaries. It has to be in your best interest or we will not let you move forward with it. Yeah. So... 
And it doesn't, so, yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't t- matter. East Valley, West Valley, North Valley, South no, Valley. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, come on. And, and Jackie, you know, interestingly enough, she's an older lady. She doesn't want to drive that far. We don't. She says, what do you mean you don't have an office out here in, in Sun City? I said, well, you know, unfortunately, I can't have offices all over the valley. We do have offices in Scottsdale. I used to have two offices, one in Mason, one in Chandler. Um, however, it was with a tax practice and they decided to close one of them down. So we had to move out. I said to her, look, I'll come to your house. Not a problem. Yeah. You know, I want to help retired people. It's okay. It's not a big deal. You know, I'm young enough to drive and we don't want you to go out of your way if you don't have to. <laughs> oh, gosh. And it's cool enough for you to drive over to the west side without dying on yeah, the road. Well, okay. Yeah, we thought so. <laughs> we now thought so. it's getting so. warm out again, oh, but I hopefully know. I think next week will be good. Good. Okay, I'm ready right, for Tim, my next up. question on the truth about Tim's money. Up. Okay, Tim. Hit me. All right. So uh, let's do this one. Uh, if I get divorced, I might be able to collect Social Security benefits based on my ex-spouse's Social Security earnings history. Oh, boy. That is true, but I think you had to be married for a certain amount of time, right? Right. No, you're exactly right. Correct. There's there's some qualifications to that, but, but ten years. a lot of people just don't realize that. Ten years. Okay, you had to have been married for ten years. All right, there you go. I'm ready for the next one. We still have a little bit of time. Okay. Tim, go ahead. Ask her. Sure, sure. So uh, if I delay taking Social Security benefits past the age of 70, I will continue to get delayed retirement credit increases each year I wait. Uh, Let's see. No, 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 not past 70. That is false. You're on top of your game, Jackie. I'm impressed. (laughs) Well, it's because Bruce sent me a copy of that, the rules and regulations to do with Social Security, and I'm now propping up a car in my front yard with it. It is so thick. And I slept, I slept with it under my pillow for one of the nights. Glad you're getting you know, I'm authoring. Yeah, I'm, I, uh, I'm authoring a book right now. It'll be out in four months. It's called my maximum income playbook. And we'll, we'll talk more about that as Great. it gets closer and closer. Terrific. Uh, but we do talk a lot about social security and benefits in there. And I do have a long-term care book that I co-authored also that we would be happy to send somebody if they would like to meet with us. In fact, instead of us mailing it, I'll tell you what, we'll meet. I will bring my long-term care book with, um, which I co-authored with another gentleman um, and a young guy that works for me uh, that's been with me and I mentored for the last seven years. And so be happy to bring one for you. So when you call up and you set up a time to meet with us, I will bring my book with you. And if you want me to sign it, I'll sign it because I want to be famous in the future. I keep telling myself that it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> freebies, freebies. Did you hear it? A freebie and a selfie opportunity with uh, with Bruce Weinstein. And I'll sign it. Yes. Here's the number to reach out to the two of them. 800-796-9912. 800-796-9912. Feel free to use the number. Get on their schedule. Get all the freebies you can out of Bruce. It is 800-796-9912. On our next segment, your questions and the experts will answer on The Truth About Money. The Truth About Money and it's question and answer time with Bruce Weinstein from Premier Southwest Planning Group and Tim Travis of TNT Capital Management. And I'm Jackie Selby, your consumer advocate. Now look at this. We have a question from Gail, who is checking in from Anthem. 
He says, I have a 401k with a company I retired from this year. Can I convert those funds to my Roth IRA? I don't want to convert all the funds because of the tax bill. That might be too much, right? Can I convert just part of the funds to my Roth IRA and then roll the rest over uh, to a traditional IRA? Thank you, Gail. Here's here's what I would do, Gail, okay? The first thing that I would do, and it kind of goes back to the last segment, right? The first thing, so the answer to that is is really not that way. The way I would do it is this. With my 401k that you, because you just retired, you have rollover provisions, okay? So what we want to do is first roll that money or your advisor needs to roll that money into your IRA, okay? From that point, what we would want to do, just like I just talked about in the last segment, ironically, is convert part of that to your Roth IRA, which we call a backdoor Roth IRA. Now, when you convert that, you understand you're going to have taxes on the portion that you can convert. I'm sorry, that you that you convert, not that you can convert. Okay. You'll have taxes on the portion that you convert. So therefore, what you want to do, as I just said, is you want to look and consult with your tax advisor and look at the marginal tax rates so that you convert a certain percentage and it doesn't kick you up into a higher tax bracket. I hope that answers your question correctly. Yes, we don't want anything kicking it up into the tax bracket. Um, let's see here. We have Peggy, and Peggy's in Phoenix. I'm four years away from retirement, and I already have enough income for retirement. I have a year's worth of expenses in my checking account. Is there a certain balance I should keep in a checking account when my retirement accounts are all set? Thank you, Peggy. Hey, Peggy. Uh, it's a good question, and I'm glad you asked it. I, I generally, if you're working and you feel like you have pretty good job security, I don't recommend having more than three to six months kind of emergency expenses uh, saved in, in a checking account. And even then, I would definitely make sure you're getting uh, paid interest on that because, you know, a lot of these banks, they, they get away with not paying anything on checking. So whether it's savings or, you know, a CD mm -hmm. uh, or something like that uh, to, to do with your, your uh, surplus kind of savings money, uh, you definitely want to factor that in and make sure you're getting a yield. But yeah, three to six months is what I, what I would recommend. Now, if you're somebody that doesn't feel like you have a lot of job security, you might want to have as much as a year saved up uh, because, because oh. obviously, you know, it can take a while to, to get a new job and that sort of thing. Uh, but it sounds like you're in a great position, already have enough income saved for retirement. Um, so for you, yeah, three months probably is fine. Very good. Peggy, Gail, thank you for your questions. The Truth About Money is the show. And the phone number is 800-796-9912. Thank you for your questions. Feel free to uh, give us a question to discuss on the show. We'll get to as many as we can. 800-796-9912. This is from John and John's in Scottsdale. An IRA is being willed to me. If I inherit it before the age of 59 and a half, can I have it sent directly to my own IRA? And what are the tax implications? Thank you, John. Is this for you, Bruce? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> John, John, uh, here's what I'm assuming. And so I'm going to answer this based on what I'm assuming. I'm assuming you're inheriting an IRA from a parent or a family member that's older. 
And I'm assuming um, that whether you're married or not, it's going directly to you. It's not from a spouse that's passing away. In that situation, you cannot move that money into your IRA. You must move that money into what we call a beneficiary IRA. Oh. Okay. You would then be required to take the required minimum distributions from that IRA over a 10-year period. So it's based on your life expectancy at that age. There are calculations that we can do for you. It's We have it in our online software that we use with Charles Schwab. Uh, Tim and I are both uh, use Schwab in our advisories for uh, our custodian, and they will give a report. There's three different ways that you can take required minimum distributions that the IRS requires you to do. But no, you cannot move that into your IRA. You must set up a separate beneficiary IRA. And I can tell you from experience how often these are done incorrectly by their advisors. Okay. So give us a call and let us take a look at what you're doing or talk to your advisor and make sure they do that correctly. Very good. Uh, this is the truth about money. And that was Bruce responding to that question. John, thank you very much. And the number to reach him, 800-796-9912, 800-796-9912. We appreciate you spending some time with us this weekend. Next question is from Peter. He says, uh, I'm 55 with 600000 saved for retirement. He's up in Glendale. I'm 55 with 600000 saved for retirement. Is it possible to retire at 62? Claim Social Security and live off of $6,000 a month for the rest of my life? <laughs> Thanks, Peter. Peter, well, good job saving saving up thus far. And, and I, I don't think that that's an unrealistic goal for you. You know, I mean, so you still have seven years till your target retirement age. And with 600000 I mean, if we can get a 10% return in seven years, we can double that money, that rule of 72 kind of that we talked about uh, earlier earlier today. Um, so I don't think it's an unrealistic goal, uh, especially, you know, if rates stay where they are, because like, like Bruce said earlier, you know, you can take Social Security and then invest those funds and get a pretty attractive rate of return. So it, it's, a, it's a reasonable goal. Now, you want to be careful, $6,000 a month today might, be, might seem like a lot less than $6,000 seven years from now because oh. of inflation. Right. right. So, so everything's getting more expensive. And if, if that trend continues, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a, a specific number and, and just, you know, stick to it. Uh, so, so let's have a little flexibility there. I think the focus should be on, on maximizing uh, the returns of your portfolio with a limited risk profile. So that's one of the good things about bonds is that you're, you're not generally going to have as much uh, volatility as an equity portfolio in general. Uh, so, so one thing that's really important for retirees or, or soon to be retirees is that what you absolutely cannot have is right before you retire to have that 25, 30% downturn. So as we get closer to retirement, we need to really focus on, on reducing risk, protecting that portfolio, uh, because sequence of returns is very, very important. Um, so that's something that we'll go over with you. Give us a call and, and we can really develop a plan. But I think it's a realistic goal, Peter. Yeah, Peter, the number 800 796 
800-796-9912. The Truth About Money is the show, 800-796-9912. And I would further wonder about Peter, you know, if he's married, um, is his spouse going to claim Social Security um, at that time? Or, you know, there's a lot of other things to consider uh, with his case, isn't there? Oh, no two ways about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone's situation is different. You know, it just it's just uh, you open up, open up an opportunity for a conversation. That's all it is. Right. And, and when you do meet with somebody for the first time, Bruce, sometimes it's on a Zoom meeting, isn't it? To, uh, no, of course. Yeah. Yeah. If they, def- you know, it really it really depends on the age of the person. OK. Um, some of the people that are retired, you know, they don't like it as much. However, I'm so good with this stuff that I just, you know, I said, look, if I can get into this myself with these Zoom meetings and I know how I can do it, I'm not that technologically advanced. So I walk them through it and I put them on. So it, either way, I, I do like Zoom. It's very efficient, you know, because I have my basically my main computer that I can bring up things that they can see my screen. But, you know, oh. like for this lady that I'm meeting with in Sun City on Friday, um, she's uh she wants to meet in person, so it's really up to them. Tim will Tim will probably be doing a lot of zooms because right now he has he lives in two places. His wife is from Arizona, and he's here a lot. And then mm-hmm. he also has a place in Orange County. So Tim will probably do more zooms than me. Um, but I I like doing zooms too. It's very efficient use of time, everyone's time. The number to reach out is eight hundred seven nine six nine nine one two. Now we, oh gosh, we have a couple minutes left, um, Bruce. Were we going to talk about something? Weren't we going to talk about, um, gosh, what was it? Uh, maybe I need some, uh, um, a, a little more coffee here this morning to try to get this out of my brain. What were we going to well, touch you, on? Oh, poo. Well, you're asking somebody who has been up since 4.50 this morning oh. playing hockey. So my brain, I need a little <laughs> bit more coffee myself too. <laughs> well, we do have a couple more minutes. Do you have any closing comments? How about that? You know, I, I I just think that in this period of our lives with what's going on and the uncertainty of the things that are going on, obviously around the world of, you know, what's happening right now, it is so important to get another person's objective, especially with Tim and myself, when we look at the full economic situation of what potentially could happen in the near future and position you like Tim and I both feel, as he said earlier, we think there could be potentially a recession coming. And in that case, there are things that you can put money into that are technically recessionary proof. And a lot of people have been asking, and Tim, I'm sure they've been asking you too about gold and silver and oh, yeah. you know, oil and gas and you know, different types of things that are reflect refresh re- inflationary proof. Um, for example, uh, you you know you look at a situation where you have a war potentially happening, and you know you take a look and and you can see that the price of oil per barrel is going up every single day. Well, I think it's really important to lay everything out on the table and take a look at your personal situation because you know inflation is a number that the government comes out with, but your inflation number and my inflation number are going to be different. Right. Right. And so therefore, you know, you're not moving, you got a headwind coming, you know, you're flying into a headwind. Um, And so what, what are some of your strategies to make you go forward? And do you have that mapped out with your advisor 
or is your advisor just looking at asset allocation as you're mapping to go forward? I mean, we really need to sit down at this point and really discuss, you know, what do you have in liquid savings to make sure that you have enough money in case there's a situation like Tim and I are thinking. And so, you know, give us a call. Don't feel bad. I know that you want to answer, like I've been getting a lot of calls and people want to ask me a lot of questions on the phone. It's, it's much better, whether it's a Zoom meeting or in person, that we actually sit down, we list what you have, we list your concerns. We go over, you know, what is important to you before we start answering questions. So, sure. yeah. you know, call us. Great. And that was what I was thinking of was inflation. So thank you for jogging that loose. 800-796-9912. To reach the show, The Truth About Money, 800 796 9912. See you next week right here on KTAR. Premier Southwest Planning Group LLC is a registered investment advisor. The content of this advertisement is intended for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment advice. The views expressed in this program are subject to change based on market and other conditions. TNT Capital Management is a registered investment advisor. The content of this advertisement is intended for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment advice. The views expressed in this program are subject to change based on market and other conditions.